Welcome to Equosity, the podcast about all things equine with a special emphasis on the horse-human bond. My name is Alexandra Kurland. I'm the author of Clicker Training for Your Horse and other books and DVDs on clicker training. And I'm joined by Dominique Day, one of the co-founders of Cavalia. For the last two podcasts, we've been visiting with one of my Click the Teaches coaches, Mary Concannon. Mary has been introducing us to her thoroughbred, Newbie. Newbie has a long history of physical problems. He had huge sarcoid tumors on the inside of his hind legs that were rubbed raw every time he took a step. And he had a nasty wire cut on the inside of his hock and, and a mysterious lameness. He was, he was just one of those hard luck horses. These various injuries and ailments left him very body defensive, and understandably so. Especially for the sarcoids and the wire cut, the treatment was painful. So, Newbie was one of those horses who preferred to keep you a bit at arm's length. He tolerated grooming. He tolerated being touched. He tolerated being saddled. But he clearly didn't really enjoy them. And he kind of kept you always, he was always expecting that you were going to do something to him that was going to hurt. So he had a pretty grumpy expression when he was being groomed and so on. And that grumpy expression had permeated really all of his work. He could do beautiful lateral work, but he always looked so unpleasant. So in one of the clinics that I was doing at Mary's place, we decided to address this grumpy looking behavior. In the last podcast, we stopped just as we were beginning to talk about what we did. So we're going to pick up again where we left off in that conversation. Yes. And then we had the clinic where because he'd had so much handling for things that bothered him, he would become grumpy at physical contact. And when you petted him, when you stroked him, when you groomed him, it was with a really grumpy expression. Yeah. And that was such a fun, that was a fascinating session because what we started to do for him was we did scritches. So scritches is my word. Um, it's, it's when you're, uh, when you have two horses that are socially grooming, and you, we've all watched horses that do this, where they will uh, chew on each other, so they'll they'll line up uh, side by side, and one will chew on uh, the, the the withers, the the neck, the the hindquarters of his partner, and the other horse will chew on his his other partner, and they really dig in with their their teeth, and they clearly enjoy this immensely, and we can simulate that with our hands as well, where you find their favorite spot and you just, with your fingertips, right. you really go in and, and if you're- you really get in there yeah, and, yeah. you know. And if, yeah. if, you're, if your fingers are, are clean at the end of this session, if your fingernails yeah, aren't, right. aren't dirty, you're doing <laughs> it wrong. Um, and so you, what you do is you find the, the spots where a horse really can't help himself he's he's like oh i don't i i i want to be this um this stoical horse uh but 
oh, this feels so good. I, I just have to, I just have to wiggle my lip and, and, and um, I can't help but show pleasure. And so what we do when the horse starts to show that what we would interpret as he's enjoying this, we click and we reinforce him for that. So we, we scritch. So you might be scritching. Usually it's uh, the, the crest, the horse's neck that you start or just around the withers and you're, you're taking your fingernails and really scritching in and, and, and you watch the horse and, and at first they'll, they'll just stand there looking very, um, not really re responsive at all. And then you'll see just the first little bit of a nose wiggle. And so you click, you stop scritching, you give them a treat. And before long, you've got a horse that's showing real pleasure at being scritched. And for me, this is, this is, I call it sort of the fast track into a relationship. And I think it's, for many of our horses, a really important process to go through. Because if we go back to some of the very early experiences that some of our horses will have had with people. Let's picture, for example, a horse that has gone through the standard traditional round pen training approach where this horse that has not had any real handling from people has been put in a round pen and it's been made to move so the handler is in the round pen and uh, he's got a lunge whip or a flag or lariat and and he's making the horse move around this round pen and 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 then he'll he'll ask for changes of direction. And pretty soon what the horse learns is that if he stops and looks at the person, that he can have a rest. And if he looks away, the person will chase him again. So the horse learns that uh, the safest thing he can do is to stop his feet and turn and look at the person. And then what the handler does is they start to walk up to the horse and they'll walk straight up to the horse and pet the horse on the forehead often and then turn and walk away. And Well, pet or it's kind of, it can be sometimes a pretty abrupt rub. <laughs> right, but it's, we'll, call it a, we'll call it rub them on the, the forehead. And then the handler turns and often the horse will follow them. And, and then the, the person can, can begin to stroke them all over their body and what the horse learns is that they can tolerate this, yeah. that they don't die, it doesn't hurt, right. mm -hmm. um, they can tolerate it. But for many horses, they never... And it means they're, they're not getting punished. They're not getting punished, exactly. But what the horse learns is that he can tolerate it, but he never makes that shift into enjoying it. Right. And so you have horses that stand perfectly well to be groomed. Right. But they don't enjoy being groomed. And, and you see this a lot in horses. And then when you see horses that really love being groomed, you see, you, un, you begin to appreciate the contrast. Mm -hmm. and, and so we have a lot of horses that you can handle them all over their bodies. 
they're perfectly fine. You can put all kinds of things. You can put saddle claws on, you can put saddles on, you can put rugs on, you can wrap their legs, you can do all kinds of things. Rub them with plastic bags. Right, all of these things. And they'll stand perfectly well, but they don't love it. And so this process of doing the social grooming and then clicking and treating them when their nose starts to wiggle and then just letting that expand for some of these horses makes this it's it's they they suddenly make that leap that jump that transformation into yes oh i love being handled i enjoy being handled and so that's what we were exploring with newbie is could we could we find a way through all of the defensive body language that we were seeing understandable body language because he'd had so many because you had that with the sarcoids and so on the treatment of that went on for months oh it did and you know he was that horse he was the one that if it could happen to any horse it happened to him he was the one who got the knocks the grazes the bangs caught his leg in wire uh, you know, in a massive, massive field, he was the one that found the one little bit of wire that he could get his leg wrapped in, which none of us knew about. It, he just seemed to be that horse. And there was a period of several years when actually several people said to me, why don't you just get rid of him? And they didn't mean give him away. Right. And and I persisted with him. So but it did mean that a lot of the time he was being treated for wounds, for sarcoids. The sarcoids, as you say, went on for months. And the treatment for that is painful for the horses. And, and unfortunately, my, the vet who came originally to look at the first big one thought that the best technique was to use elastic bands around it Ooh. and cut the air. Yeah. And, and it did fall off. And about 15 or 20 others appeared in its place. So that was a very long, slow process getting rid of all of those. But now they they can, because they it can be removed surgically. Yes. And it's not a, it's not a big uh, surgery. It's a surgery that can be done in the field, in the barn. You don't have to send a horse. Well, maybe it depends on the size of it. Yes. But I know I, I had a mare with a sarcoid under the belly and my vet, she just removed it surgically and right. it was a few day thing. Right, right. I mean, and, you know, I haven't seen this particular sarcoid, but certainly I know that the elastic way of doing things has been... Going on for many, many years, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. and it does, well, yeah, just generated far more in him. And of course, you know, you, you get the vet and he's the expert. And at the time you take his advice and then you go and read and you think, oh, maybe there's <laughs> other ways of dealing with this. But anyway, he, he was definitely that horse. So he had with... You know, a lot of the treatments that I was doing to him, he was, as you said about other horses and grooming, Alex, he was tolerating them, but they had to be sore. And, and you know, we'd had such a good relationship through the clicker training that he did put up with all of this. And it was fantastic that he allowed me to do as much as he did 
when clearly a lot of stuff was painful for him. But it did end up with this horse who could do all sorts of beautiful movements, but looked like he was ready to eat someone. <laughs> yeah, he looked miserable. So Alex, Alex, will you allow me for a parenthesis? And if, if perhaps you may want to do a separate podcast on this, but there are also horses who haven't necessarily gone through um, these kind of physical issues. But sometimes you see horses who will, I see it more as a resource guarding behavior that has been inadvertently reinforced by maybe a more novice uh, handler. Have you, you know, you'll have the horse that will put his ears down because he wants the handler to bring the food maybe more rapidly or, have you seen a lot of this and, and what, I mean, I think it's a question of timing um, and of recognizing the, what comes between the click and when you deliver the food. Well, and also arranging the environment so that there's no other horse nearby or. Right, right. Because you, you can, you can get that pretty rapidly if you start clicker training and you're not aware that this can happen. Right. But then, you know, there, there are all kinds of things that are going on because particularly if you're focusing in on the ears, because ears are also directional. Yes. So it may be that it has nothing to do with anything particularly negative. It may no. just be that because of the orientation of your barn, that the horses are turned out behind the stalls where you're working. And so your horse is listening for the sounds that are coming from behind him and he's also paying attention to you but the ears get shaped into um you know they were uh his focus was in part behind him or if you're doing when you're doing a lot of going forward and backing up that particularly if you're working on collection if you are emphasizing a bit more of the rock back then Often you'll have a horse that, for example, if you've been teaching the pose, they'll often pose with their ears back because that's the direction in which they're thinking about shifting their balance. And it has nothing to do with them feeling grumpy. No. It has to do with where their balance is going. But it, it, but you felt the need to have a foundation lesson called happy faces. Well, there are a number of reasons for having the ears forward be a foundation lesson. One is it's an easy behavior for us to uh, observe. So if I see a horse, if I'm working with a horse and, and I want to have an early experience with free shaping, so I want people to experience the power of clicker training, but I want it to be a behavior that is safe. So if, if the horse starts to offer it off cue, they're not going to get grumpy because their 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 horse offered this behavior and they didn't cue it. So if you free shape ears forward and the horse pops his ears forward off cue, nobody's ever going to get mad at their horse for doing that. And it's a safety net. So you have horses often that just out of habit, their ears are back more than they're forward. And if people start to reinforce them for putting their ears forward, you can create a real change in the horse's overall demeanor and behavior around people. 
And I have people who will worry about, well, but if I click and reinforce my horse for putting his ears forward, am I disguising how he actually feels? And will I be hiding something that he needs to be able to express, like he is feeling grumpy? And what I found is that that doesn't happen. If a horse has something where he needs to communicate, this is uncomfortable or unpleasant right now, they will pop their ears back. But if they get in the habit of putting their ears forward, then more and more of the time when you're around them, they'll pop, you become a cue for ears going forward. And we respond differently. We're, it's like we, we're in reading a horse's facial muscles, in reading their expressions, we respond differently to a horse that has his ears forward than one who has his ears back. And because we're softer and feel more relaxed around a horse that has his ears forward, that makes it safer and more pleasant for the horse as well. But getting back to, to newbie, so that was a fascinating session, a weekend that we had with him yeah. because what we wanted to do was see if we could shift his feelings towards being groomed, being stroked, being handled, so that he wasn't doing the the grumpy, this is going to hurt, this is going to be unpleasant because I've had so many things wrong with me yes. over the past three or four years. The kind of a defense of tighten up and get anxious just in case something's going to get going to hurt or just right, in case something's right. going to happen while he's being handled. Yeah. So how did we start? Because he's the one, it was newbie, wasn't it? Who uh, responded better with the saddlecloth? Yes. I think actually we started that with Rua and I have no idea why. It's another horse that I was using in that clinic and he was very, very tall, thoroughbred. And for some reason, he had had a saddle cloth over his back and I scritched him through that. Wasn't it, wasn't it because Ruo had trouble, had issues with being saddled? That's correct. He did. That was it. So That we, was it. He had issues with being saddled. So we had gone back to, let's just work with a saddle pad. Saddle cloth. That's right. And then, and added in scritching as part of that because it was working so well with newbie just the scritching and then we discovered that if i actually scritched through the saddle cloth which does keep your fingernails clean by the way yes yes it does and then he really loved it i mean he just you could see his nose wiggle in absolute delight and so we took this back to newbie and got exactly the same reaction. And it was just quite astounding because it seemed to be an even better thing to them than just simply getting in there with your with your fingers. And yeah, it just changed the attitude for both of them. It yes. really helped Rua with regard the saddle and getting the saddle on made him way more comfortable with that. And newbie's whole expression changed completely in a few sessions. Completely. Yeah. 
I love those. I, you know, I love discoveries like that. And and who knew? Yes, uh, exactly. And then we tried it. We took. We tried. So we we wanted to feel what it was like. So we would on some on on each other's backs. We would you know simulate the scritching, um, and that felt okay. And then we put the saddle pad uh, on on someone's shoulder and scritched. It's like oh, it does feel better. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, wow. Who Alex, do you taste the medication before you give it to your horse? No, okay. I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but it was, and not, and not every horse responded that way. And, and, and not every saddle clap worked because we, want, we needed the particular one yes. that had nice little tight, small squares. And when we tried it with another one, it didn't work as well at all. No. No, it was just so Irish Irish saddle pads that seem there to work. There you go, specially right. designed. <laughs> Always but a study of one. Yes, but I remember, Absolutely. you know, what, going the when when I was in Italy with Miriam, and it was another of my coaches, and she was uh, getting her horse ready, and I just went in and was watching, and and I was so enjoying how much he was enjoying being groomed, and. I commented on it afterwards, just how pleasant it was to watch this grooming session. And she said, oh, it never used to be that way. He was another one of these horses who would be, you know, biting at the air and 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 just showing a lot of distress and displeasure at being groomed. And then she did the scritching and clicking and reinforcing and completely yes. transformed it. You know, Canel, my dog, was like that when I first got her. She didn't actually like to be touched that much. And today, being groomed and being touched can be more reinforcing than food for her. It has completely changed over the years. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt about it. You can completely change their attitude to these things. It's just finding that right trigger. And as you say... Who would have thought that doing it through the saddle cloth would make it <laughs> That's right. even better? It's just bizarre. That's right. <laughs> so yeah. to change yeah. the subject completely, and why not? So <laughs> you, you, you have a different, another hat. What a perfect place to stop for today. We'll wait until next week to talk about the other hat that Mary wears and how it is relevant to horse training. In the meantime, in part two of our conversation with Mary, we described how newbie would target the water coming out of a hose. This produced a bow, which in turn let Mary hose down a wound that he had on the inside of his hock. At the time, Mary sent me a short video showing newbie doing this. It's one of my favorite video clips, and we've just put it up in the library section of the website. If you have already subscribed, you can use your password to get in. And if you are new to the podcast and haven't yet subscribed to the website, just go to our website, equiosity.com, and scroll down to the library section. There you'll find the subscription form. Once it's filled out, you'll get the password that opens up the library section of the website. There you'll find various articles which you can read directly in the site or you can download the audio files and listen to them just as you do this podcast. We've also put some fun video clips into the library, including this one of Newbie. And while you are visiting websites, you can pop over to 
theclickercenter.com, that's my website, and check out the events calendar for 2019. I mentioned last week some of the special events that are coming up. With the new year just around the corner, this is a good time of the year to plan your own adventures. I hope some of them will involve joining me for one of these clicker training conferences or workshops. Next week, we'll continue on with our conversation with Mary. We'll find out what this other hat is that she wears, and we'll talk about working with multiple horses. So until next time, have fun with your horses and happy holidays, everyone.